Hello and welcome everyone to The Big Picture. I'm your host Adam Varkiewicz. Before I mention who will be joining me today, I will remind you to follow us on the socials at underscore the big picture. Don't miss out on any of our updates and discussions. If you already follow, you've no doubt participated in the People's Vote and you've realised I am a double winner and hold both titles as People's Champion and Big Picture Champion. Thank you, my people. Uh, now, I did debate about bringing this section back, but I was asked about it, it was requested, so I'm doing it. It's time for Adam's Weekly Roundup, the Oscars special. First of all, let's go with a man whose face is always the best picture, Jack Graham. Were you pleased to hear that Nomadland won Best Picture, or do you think there was a better film that missed out? Adam, I won't tell you no lie. I've generally not looked up anything to do with the Oscars. I couldn't tell you who's won anything, <laughs> couldn't tell you who's lost, couldn't tell you who's nominated. So I am absolutely horrified this has came up for introduction, and I'm even more horrified you came me first. <laughs> well, Jack, just uh, what was your favourite film of the year, and do you think it should have won? Uh, sure, that one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. As you can see, you guys were really on the ball on this podcast. We came up to date with current affairs. And now next up, everyone knows we don't have any female podcast members. It's something we're working on. But to get the opinion of a white male on Best Actress, I turned to Stuart Fitzgerald. Stuart, are you happy for Frances McDormand winning another Oscar? Yes. I hate the Oscars. <laughs> Can you expand, please? <sighs> I don't like the Oscars. I don't know why. I don't know why this has come to be. Um, sure, she was uh, great in uh, uh, three uh, three billboards outside of college. <laughs> Loved her. <laughs> Brilliant. That is a, that's kind of snappy response I was looking for. Now, to represent the best animated film category, we have a man who spends a lot of the time exceptionally animated. Animated with rage, as he argues another point, is Reese Cook. How do you rank Soul among animated films of not just the last year but of all time i think i said to you guys before that soul was brilliant when i watched it when it came out it was actually i really enjoyed it it tells a great story and it's one of pixar's best in the recent years so i'm, I'm a huge fan of it brilliant, brilliant. i like soul too adam why see why didn't you come up with that that was on disney plus i watched that no you like man. francis mcdormand there's a pandemic on adam I can't watch uh, No Man's Land. No Man's right. Land comes to Disney Plus on April 30th, tomorrow. So you can watch it tomorrow, Stuart. I will. Ask, guys, ask Stuart on Twitter if he likes No Man's Land because he's going to watch it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, lastly, we have to talk about the moment of the night, which was Anthony Hopkins winning Best Actor and not being awake or there to receive it. But now we go to a man who I know will be here to give his opinion on it, Lewis Jameson. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just hearing from our producer that Lewis couldn't make it today, uh, so we look forward to seeing him back next week. Now we're going to move on to the topic of the show, which today is the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, a show from Marvel following the adventures of the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, in a post-Captain America world, which doesn't stay that way for long. We asked you guys what you thought of the show. I have the results in front of me. Twenty percent of you thought it was just okay. Zero percent of you thought it was bad. 20% thought it was excellent, and a whopping 60% of you thought it was good. So I'd say that's a solid 7.5 on average. And the Oscar Oop. goes to... <laughs> we also asked what you thought of it compared to another Marvel show we've covered on this show, WandaVision. 75% of you said you preferred WandaVision, so pretty clear that that shows what the people want. But we've heard what the audience think. But now let's talk to the panel. 
I want to go basic impressions right off the bat. What were your first impressions of the show? And then what were your overall impressions once you'd watched it all? I want to start with Jack here. Uh, the way the way the show the show opened up, absolutely amazing with the, the kind of the, the fight scene with Falcon and all the explosions and all the booms and all that. You know, that was great. A great way to kind of kick it off. Something that was a bit vastly different to what we've seen with WandaVision, the kind of TV series that went with that. It was kind of back to kind of a movie-esque Avengers type thing that we're kind of all accustomed to in the MCU. And then from that point, I have mixed feelings on the rest of the first episode. I'm, I'm very happy with how some of it turned out. Not not so happy how others did, but maybe I'll cover that later on in a pitch. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Reese. as a, a non-film watcher, well, not non-film watcher, non-comic film watcher, you've pretty much watched them for this show exclusively what, what was your kind of first impressions of the show the first episode was so boring uh, i couldn't believe what as soon as i was watching it, i was like this is just i don't think i can get away all the way through this this show it's such a shame as well because the second episode was actually really good but i went into it thinking oh this is gonna be rubbish so i was actually playing football manager and then it was like 40 minutes into the episode and i was like this has been really exciting and i've missed all of it so it kind of uh, set a bad tone for the second episode, but the first episode was just so poor. I didn't enjoy it at all. All right, so it's a shame. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and I'd lastly, Stuart, what were your first impressions of the show? Well, unlike Reese, I am a film watcher. You know, Reese hasn't even seen Nomadland, if you can believe it. <laughs> Best actress, come on, guys. Honestly. Anyway. Uh, I, I actually uh, I like the first episodes um, quite a lot. Obviously, as Jack said, it opens up with that big action set piece, but um, it was a bit of a slow burner. I, d- I don't think that was a bad thing. kind of sets up the pieces um, because coming off of WandaVision, the stuff I liked from WandaVision wasn't the superhero stuff. It was the character stuff. It was like getting to know them. So I was happy to see the, the show was going to be the same. You're getting to know Sam and Bucky and where they're at. There was a lot of potential there. So at first I was yeah I was I was really looking forward to watching the show overall. I felt like the first episode was quite cringy um, when they were like going to the bank and all that, and you see um, Sam's family and that. I felt like it was just an excuse to to call Sam Uncle Sam, which is obviously like a foreshadowing for what was going to happen. I just felt like it was really I don't know. I just felt really uneasy when I was watching it. Fair enough, fair enough. I want to stay with you, Stuart, on this one. I just want to... We're going to skip the middle of the show. We're going to go straight to the, the finale. So, like, you you know, you've got the whole journey of the show and then, you know, you reach this finale and it's actually quite controversial um, because I've seen a lot of uh, critics harshly rating the finale of the show. So I want to go to you first, Stuart. What, what was your thoughts on the, the finale? How do you think it ended the story? Yeah, the finale of the show is probably the weakest episode for me. I have a... F- fair number of problems with this episode i absolutely loved seeing sam as captain america like not just seeing him fight in unique ways but also that great speech he gives at the end that's absolutely incredible like what a way to show everyone that this guy is cap but the flag smasher stuff i didn't like like overall they were the weakest part of the show for me and this episode is primarily the fight against them it just fell off it didn't have much of an impact with me the power broker reveal fell flat for me as well I just didn't buy Sharon as the power broker. Like I rewatched the show for this episode, and so many of her decisions don't make sense knowing who she is. Like eventually, like for example, like if she's the power broker, 
then why does she lead Zemo to our whole supply chain of super soldiers here and let it get destroyed? Also, like John Walker, like the previous episodes, he you know he murdered a civilian and there was a big fight with Sam and Bucky, but that's completely forgotten about really. And like he does have that little redemption of saving those civilians instead of choosing revenge. But his ending seemed a little too happy for me. I would rather have instead we saw him as a broken man at the end of this series, like he's been dishonorably discharged. He's no longer Captain America. He's lost his best friend, etc. So then he's approached by, uh, I can't remember her name, like Julia Louis-Dreyfus to be a US agent. You know, basically this dark version of Captain America. And like, I'd want him to be initially refusing it. Like he doesn't want to be that anymore. But then she's like, oh, well, you can say no if you want to. But, you know, if you do, what else have you got going for you? You kind of, this is it. So I feel like that was a bit. Also, why was Bucky's scene with that, with the old man so short? Like, that scene was supposed to be his big arc. You know, that was supposed to be his Sam speech at the end. And I was prepared, I was prepared to bawl my fucking eyes out. Like, he goes to the door and he's going to tell him all about he killed his son. And then it's over, like, 30 seconds later. And, like, that was it. You don't see much of the reaction. So, yeah, it was a, gr- a great show. Really liked it, but didn't quite stick the landing for me. That's uh, some strong criticisms there. Jack, I know you were a fan of the finale. How do you respond to Stuart's criticisms? But also just give your own impressions. I think I think they are as fair. I would say that like I I did enjoy it, but the the points that that Stuart did pick up on are are, are valid. Like the the thing with with John Walker, obviously as Stuart said, kind of ended on a happy note. Obviously, like I think I don't know if it's if it's maybe played out in the in the comics differently that he didn't want to be US agent to begin with, and he was kind of just presented that way. We've got nothing else going for you type thing, but. I kind of liked how in that finale that he still wants to prove to himself that he could be Captain America, and like he was doing that up until the point of like Sam's speech. So that's when he kind of realised that like not not that he can't be Captain America, but he won't be the government's Captain America, so be the people's Captain America. So that's why he kind of like bowed his head and walked away. It's like the kind of first chance to try and try and represent his country again in some capacity. That's that's why he took it. So I was quite I was quite happy with that how that went. Uh, I really liked how uh, Zemo and his butler was involved in the the finale as well. And obviously, we saw the the rain and flag smashers going into the the prison van. They're going to be taken away, and then the the van blows up, and you see the butler just kind of sitting in his car. Then it pans to Zemo in the high security prison. He just kind of looks at the camera and gives a wee smile and just kind of lies down. There's a kind of a lot of a lot of subtle things I liked in it, but as a finale, maybe it could have struck a few things better. Uh, same, but Reese, just would you sit you in the middle of these two, or are you do you side clearly that one way or the other? I think it would be fair to say I'm I'm in the middle. Um, I really enjoyed the episode, um, but it's not quite a finale for me. It doesn't tie up a lot of the loose ends like Stuart uh, alluded to, and and Jack's right. Like a lot of the, a lot of the stuff is good. Like I did like the, the way they ended it with uh, John Walker, but for me, it just didn't have the kind of I really, I really like the, like Sam's monologue, and I really like the the dialogue in the the, the season finale, but it didn't really have that kind of huge emotional impact that Stuart was mentioning with Bucky as well. It just didn't have that. It didn't feel like a finale when I was watching it. I, th- I feel like there should be another episode to to cover all the things that it missed out on. So as an episode, I thought it was really good and I really enjoyed it. I, but as a finale, it kind of. Fell just a little bit flat. 
It's fair enough. And we've all kind of touched on the ending um, for John Walker there. And I want to actually expand a bit on him. And I want to, the reason I want to talk about him is because he's not a very popular character. Uh, well, he's not a very well-known character from the comics unless you were kind of following them during the 80s. That was when he had his major run. Um, and I just want to give a bit of info about the from the comics about the character because he was in the comics he was written as the kind of antithesis of Steve Rogers and the the background he came from because he's a middle class southern boy while Steve's obviously working class from the north. He was written as a kind of more pragmatic and realistic Captain America, and he uh, he briefly replaced Captain America in the eighties. And this is the thing: the fans loved him. There were there were fans who wrote into the writers and they said they didn't want Steve Rogers back. They they much preferred Walker. They 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 felt they knew Captain America. They felt they knew Steve Rogers, and they they liked the fact that Walker was unpredictable. He you know he was this more realistic. Um and so I kind of I guess my question uh, for you guys is and I I'll, I'll come to Stuart on this one first. Is is the reason for Walker's kind of divided reception now? Because it's fair to say that he, I don't think he was well liked as a character by a lot of the the fans of the show. Um, do you think that's a sign of the different kind of political landscape in the 80s compared to now? Or do you think it's just the way they've written? Do you think he's deliberately written to be more dislikable? Um, that's a, a very like interesting question. Uh, I wasn't prepared for it. Um, I think you kind of have to look about how Captain America was written as well. Like, I think Captain America's only really become popular in like the MCU movies. I don't think... I, was never, I never really was a big fan of his character at all he was always like kind of goody two-shoes kind of like you know righteous uh like american hero etc so to see somebody who you know like u.s agent who opens up like steve's like captain america is very you know black or white obviously good or evil he's good he fights evil u.s agent's very gray i mean his whole costume will tell you that so i think the fan response to that probably like you know tell something in me about about how steve was written but for the mcu you know steve they've really written him incredibly well and i think to be the antithesis of that john walker is somebody he's not evil you know he's just somebody who is not suited to the role to this role of captain america in the movies you know he has his own thing and He's had a he's had a different upbringing. He's had a different career. You know, it's very, it's also a lot to say about it's the government really pushing him to be U.S. agent rather than him wanting uh, Captain America. Sorry, rather than him wanting to be Captain America. I think this is very much a a very real thing the government would do of like, oh well, we've lost Captain America. Quick, we need another come out to Captain America. Uh, this guy looks good in paper. He can be fine, but he's not. He's not the he's not the ideal person. To, to handle that role so i i think it's a very interesting question i i, I, I don't know I, I think there's lots of different it's not just one thing or the other there's lots of different factors into it yeah it's, it's quite a big big question to drop on you i've got a reason you know you feel free to comment on the kind of uh, the same question that i asked Stuart. um but i also kind of want your view on knowing what i've just told you about um johnny walker from the comics i know you're not a comic book fan per se does that change uh, your impressions of him throughout the show well i love the fact you call him johnny walker like the whiskey that's that's brilliant <laughs> um but but uh would uh, touch on the first part there the uh, first question there i feel like obviously i've never read the comics um so i, I can't really say too much on that but i feel like the way that the character was written in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 
it's kind of difficult to say how he could be perceived as a good person, particularly because Falcon and Bucky, like from the get go, are rejecting him, and, and and there's a whole narrative about how they don't want this guy to be Captain America. They just don't want a Captain America in general. And then you've got Isaiah saying that you know, well, it's got to be a white guy, and and the whole story leads to towards John Walker being a bad fit for Captain America, but being the obvious choice and the government's choice. Um, does it change how I see him now that I know that about him in the from the comics? Not really. I, again, it's hard. It's hard to say because I haven't read the comics, but certainly my perception of John Walker from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that he's just he's the guy that gets gets what he wants. He can do bad things and still get credit for it. He can murder a, a, an innocent person in the street and tons of people filming it on their phones. And all he gets is a it wasn't even a dishonorable discharge. I'm pretty sure it was like a non-dishonorable discharge. Um, he's got three medals of honor for. Uh, war crimes, you know, he, he's a guy that can do no wrong, and, and you know, just everything I hate about people, like him, white, middle class, never really had any hard hardship growing up, you know, he's, he's exactly what I despise, so no, it doesn't change how I feel about him. Fair enough, that's fair enough, it's a very strong answer. Um, I just want to go with Jack, and you can feel free to kind of comment on that last issue, uh, but I also kind of want to lead us into, uh, we kind of briefly touched on it there, like the overall message of the show. And do you think that was something that, that shone through for you and you really felt was clear to the audience? I, I think it was. I think the, the, the kind of, obviously the, the racial issue at hand displayed throughout the full TV series, I felt was really good. I felt that the actor himself for John Walker, Wyatt Russell, got a lot of unwarranted hate because of who he is and uh, and he's not like Steve Rogers and he was so much so that he was getting like death threats and that. So I think a lot a lot of the response to some of the episodes is more just because of how toxic the MCU fans are. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't not that they don't like change, but they're they're so they they, they quotation marks stand so many of these people so much that like they'll go so far out their way to like purposely bring down someone else and that's that's what they were kind of trying to do at Wyatt Russell so I kind of hated hated that so much but I feel that maybe knowing that he's not going to be Captain America obviously that was always going to happen but it had to be actually put in front of him that wasn't going to be the case and that the he was going to be this US agent kind of doing what he was I think that's really good but either way that Isaiah's story was told throughout the, the season as well it was really really well done that he was like actively wanting Sam to not be Captain America because of how Isaiah was like uh, like represented and dealt with in the past and then it ended with Isaiah getting into the the, the hall with the, all the, the Captain America and he was honoured in that case and he was finally kind of proud to have been what he was I felt it was really really well done but MCU fans are just dicks <laughs> Fair enough, MCU fans are just dicks you heard it here first folks um, <laughs> now a lot of people complained about definitely the last episode, but we'll you know we've already touched on that about it being a bit sequel baity. But I just kind of want to go into what you guys think the future of the show is, and maybe the future of the uh, MTVU, the uh, the Marvel Television Universe. 
uh, is looking like now we've seen this series um, and you can also bring in your experience of one division on that so I'll go to Reese first here um, I personally can't see after watching this following from watching one division I personally can't see uh, season two of either of the shows certainly at this point I think they have definitely left like a good point in the both their respected universes but I feel like the, there needs to be something else and maybe they can come in as part of a different show or they could come in in the Ant-Man movie or the Doctor Strange movie or something but I can't really see a season two of either of the shows at this point you know if I could go back I would vote for Lewis's pitch to say no season two of WandaVision because I, I actually now think that it would be better for both the shows if there wasn't a season two WandaVision season one is one of the best shows I've seen in a, a long, long, long time. And I really, really enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I wouldn't want to damage either of them by making a season two that kind of fell flat. So I would be happy if there wasn't a season two of either of the shows and they could just build on it throughout the, uh, as you put it, MTVU. Thanks, thanks. Uh, Stuart, what about you? What were your thoughts on the kind of overall future of the show? Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. I think as of recording this, I think they've already confirmed that it's not going to be a season two uh, yet. It's going to be a Captain America 4 starring um, Sam as Captain America. What I like about these uh, Marvel TV shows is that it's great for characters that haven't had a lot of uh, development in the films. Obviously, with the films, these, these films have got huge casts and not everybody gets a moment to shine. But what I really appreciate about these shows is it gives them time to deal with real topics, whether it's racism or whether it's grief or whether it's, you know, whatever they have planned next. It's all these things that um, needs time and needs care to actually deal with it. And I'm very hopeful that shows going forward, I know the next show is um, Loki, which looks just like really fun. And I don't know if it will get too heavy. But I really appreciate that they're now taking the time to tell different kinds of stories because we've had 20-odd films of uh, just superhero big blockbuster action. And I'm happy that we can still get those. But I'm now equally happy that we can get these really mature dealing shows that not only just pass the torch like to these new heroes, but really explore their characters and gives you a reason to like them as opposed to a movie telling you you should. Brilliant, brilliant answer. Uh, I want to come to Jack, and we actually not mentioned her, and I do think as much as we talked about their overall impact as well, I think it's quite important. Uh, Carly Morgenthau as a as a villain, and obviously um, not clear cut villain, someone with a lot of grey areas. Uh, like, what do we, what did you think of her, Jack? Do you think she helped drive the plot along well? Do you think she was a really strong character in the show? Um, I don't know. I, I, it's 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 tough. I I get the point of the flag smashes. I get how it was. I felt she was a good leader of the group, so to speak. There's a lot of times that I felt that the stuff they did was pretty pretty misguided. I really enjoyed the the episode where her and Sam got to have a chat to begin with, and like he kind of brought her back down to a kind of human level, so to speak, and not thinking of taking the world back, trying to bring like some sort of understanding back to her, and then obviously that's when. John Walker and Lamar came in and she went all kind of scared, thinking this was a ploy. Uh, 
I just I don't know. I, I wasn't that big a fan of the Flag Smashers in general, so that might kind of cloud my my judgment on it. But I did think she did a good job. I found them just irrelevant uh, when I was watching it. Whenever it would go to their part of the story, I just felt like whatever. I felt like there was so much going on in the show where John Walker's story, Isaiah's story, the the man in the pub. And Bucky's kind of redemption story, you know, Sam becoming Captain America. I almost felt like the Flag Smashers were just kind of like they were like seventh priority for me. It didn't really affect the show in almost any way. They were more just kind of there to fill the blanks. It's like kind of like you know, Sam brings Carly down to that human level, like Jackson. They're having a chat. And then that starts a fight because John Walker storms in, and, and, and he, you know, he he acts like John Walker does. And it was it wasn't really a mo- about the Flag Smashers at, at that point. It, it comes about John Walker again. How he's not fit to be Captain America, and how Sam is fit to be Captain America. So I always felt when I was watching this that the Flag Smashers and Carly just weren't relevant. Yeah, like they were definitely the weakest part of the show for me, and that's kind of when they're the main villains. You know, they're kind of. I know there's a lot of villains like with John Walker, and you've got Zemo, and you know, Batroc and the Power Broker and everything like that. But when they're the main force that you're fighting, you really need to work overtime to get the audience to care about what. Because like everyone's telling, oh, they're like Robin Hood. You know, they're they're stealing from the rich to give to the poor, but you never see that. All you see is them fight and uh, they blow up a a building with people in it, and you're like, well, you know, you're, I'm not really sympathising with these guys. I can understand ideologically why they're they're fighting this fight, but you, the audience never sees it, and it's it can't be enough to just tell the audience. You have to give us a reason and show us why there's stakes and why we should also kind of believe a little bit in what they're doing. Because if it's an ideal, it's not like an antagonistic. A relationship it's like an ideological relationship because as jack says in a great scene is sam sitting down with carly and talking to her and that's great we needed more of that but we didn't get it would you uh go as far as say they exist only to set up the finale in sam's speech at the end i don't know if it's just the flag smashers that exist that because obviously you've got the whole idea of bradley speech takes a, a big kind of cultural uh theme in that as well but yeah there is obviously the whole I, I do like that he says we've all been given this event that has made everyone equal you know it's we've finally got after millennia a common you know fight we've got something we can all it's all affected us in an equal way so sit down and talk and i like that but all the flag smashers did was fight you know and again they've got the super soldier serum because that's obviously to rival you know the strength, and ultimately to give John Walker the serum as well. But there was more. There was there was too much physical stuff, and not enough ideological stuff. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I think we've we've done a pretty decent talk about the show there. We've covered all the angles, so I think it's about time to move on to the pitches. So I'm going to go to Reese first here. Reese, tell me what's your big pitch for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Well, Adam. I've got an absolute doozy for you. So, for me, I'm just getting my notes up, of course. John Walker is a very interesting character, and he's a guy 
who's the product of establishment and elitism. He's the guy who gets given everything. He doesn't need to work hard and he's granted medals on us. So it's only right that John Walker be played by someone who kind of matches that description in real life. So I want you to cast your minds. Who's the most hated person on the planet? Some of you might say a politician, but we don't discuss politics in the Big Picture podcast. Um, but even if we did, every politician has fans. The person I'm thinking of is a former Disney star, so he's already got the connection. He's hated in the YouTube community. He's hated in the boxing community. He's hated in the MMA community. And if oh, you ask God. anybody in the planet of the opinion of this guy, we'll say that they hate him. But he continues to succeed. He continues to make a fortune. He continues to do really well. And it sickens me and it sickens everyone else. And I think that matches exactly the hideousness of John Walker's character in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So my pitch is to recast John Walker as the worst person on the planet. The man who embodies John Walker in real life, Jake Paul. What's your thoughts, guys? Wait, so so let me get this right. You feel that okay. you feel that Jake Paul has already earned enough, but you want Disney to then pay him more money to basically be okay. Jake Paul on camera. Yeah. You do you so do realize you do realise that these are actors. Wyatt Russell does not okay. get beat up in real life in this show. Uh, uh, tell Tell that to the Marvel fans, Stuart. Jack and I talked about that. The Marvel fans hate him in real life now. That is very true. But I feel like... There's no one that could have played John Walker better than Jake Paul because Jake Paul acts like that in real life. That's very true. But... Is there... Is that right? Jake Paul's clearly managing to get away with it somehow. Which means there's enough Jake Paul fans in the world that he's able to get away with it. So are there more Jake Paul fans in the world than Marvel fans? You know, will that will that upset the balance? Will will they out death threat the Marvel fans? <laughs> I'm not even sure that you've made a point there. I think you I, just I, said words. I, I, I said words. Do uh, you know what, Reese? That's a pitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a pitch that you made. It is, it is a pitch. Uh, Jack, what's your first impressions of Reese's pitch? I don't want to give any. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> that can only mean no criticism. So I'll take it. Well, uh, interesting first pitch out of the way. Um, not out of the way. Of course, we, we, we value all pitches equally uh, within the big picture. Uh, I want to go to uh, Stuart next. Stuart, what's your big pitch to improve Falcon and the Winter Soldier? John Walker is played by PewDiePie. That's my pitch. <laughs> anyway, uh, apologies, guys. Apologies. Anyway, enough about Reese's farce of a pitch that spits in the face of everything that we stand for here in the big picture. Much like a certain John Walker spits in the face of... Anyway. Uh, yeah, so my pitch, um, like I said, I really like this show and how it handles the characters and the social commentary. It's all done really, really well. I just had a couple of real issues with it, namely the main villains with the Flag Smashers and, more importantly, the pacing of the show. I feel like there's so many storylines that six episodes isn't enough. 
So my pitch is we add another episode, which will fit in between episodes two and three, which will primarily be a flashback episode from the perspectives of John Walker and Carly Morgenthau, I think I'm saying that right, uh, but during the years of the snap, uh, still not calling the blip, it's the snap. So from Carly's perspective, obviously the snap has brought people and countries together in this time of need, you know, you can show hospitals can now treat many more people now that the resources are being shared and nobody's going hungry and there's no ongoing war where Carly is. Um, from her point of view, this is a life that she's never known and everyone around her is pulling their weight. But from John Walker's perspective, as an active uh, soldier, everything's worse. Every week there's a new conflict because of the snap, whether it's because whole foreign governments have uh, descended into anarchy because leaders were dusted uh, perhaps there's an increase in religious idealism because half of the major religions are treating the snap as some kind of like rapture level event. You know, some countries perhaps have had less people snap than others, so there's conflicts about resource sharing, uh, etc. So every couple of months, it's a new deployment for him, and the army that like the units that he's in, they're also reduced because of Thanos. So there aren't enough people in his unit, and every time he comes back, he's getting commendations or promotions, not because he's done a good job but pretty much because he's one of the only few that might actually makes it back. So both of these flashback perspectives paint a better picture of what each antagonist is fighting for, uh, because we know what we know what Zemo's after. His goals are clear, and we know what Carly wants. But while she keeps saying how good things were during the snap, so far in every other MCU film or show that has dealt with it, They've been pretty open that these were not good times and that everyone was like rejoicing when people came back. And another big theme of the show that I don't think we touched on is how the government treats its military. Um, Isaiah Bradley and John Walker are actually quite alike because um, they're both disposable. And once they'd fulfilled their usefulness, they were cast aside. Um, John Walker should never have been Captain America. Uh, like I said, he's not an evil person, but he just wasn't a good fit. With these flashbacks, I think you can show exactly why that is. You know, this is a damaged man. He has PTSD. He's lost so many of his men. But instead of the government getting him the help he needs, they just look at his record and say, you know what, you're perfect as the new Captain America because you look good on paper and you're good in front of the cameras. And you can see that he had to do awful things on behalf of the government during these flashbacks. But because there were no cameras around, they gave him medals and promotions. Uh, which is worse, that when he snaps in front of the world and he kills a civilian in front of cameras, the government's very quick to then do the opposite and cast him out. Um, and he's only tossed out because he was seen to do it. So that's my pitch. I think it gives a bit more perspective on these two antagonists. Maybe it gives you a bit more reasoning, gets you a bit more on the flag smasher's side. You can see more uh, John Walker's, uh, nearly called him Paul Walker, uh, John Walker's perspective and maybe free up the pacing a bit more so that it doesn't seem as rushed. Excellent, excellent. Jack, you got any thoughts on Stuart Pitch? Any questions for him? Um, no, no, no questions really. I, I get it. It's it's something I thought about for mine, but I've I've went another way. So I think I'd, I would I would make this pitch as well if I was able to change a few things, but we can only change one. So I think it. it we don't we don't really get told enough about the flag smashers, so I think a, a dedicated episode to that would be would be good for folk to kind of understand. She was kind of told that like oh they liked the world that happened during the snap that like over overcrowding just wasn't a thing anymore. Everyone had a home. Everyone was like 
accommodated in some way in a, in a, in a post-snap world, but then obviously everyone was brought back and they got kicked out of the homes that they were living in, etc. So I think given that kind of precursor episode would, would be a good thing to kind of give full, more of a, a care to the Flag Smashers cause. Thank you, Jack. Very excited to hear your pitch. Thank you. <laughs> Reese, you can um, come uh, Pros and cons. Uh, I think no, lo- no Jake need... Paul. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get to that part. I think <laughs> the show definitely does need uh, an extra episode, uh, maybe even two episodes, because I do think it was too short and it doesn't really tie up those things in a, in a way that you know kind of makes you feel happy that you've gone through that story. Um, and I do think we do need to know more about the Flag Smashers because I just didn't feel anything for them the whole show. But major con is I absolutely hate when I'm watching sitcoms or anything like that when they've got like a flashback episode. I, do, I don't know why, I just always hate it. So um, I, I think I wouldn't enjoy the episode. That being said, if you casted John Walker as Jake Paul, I may be able to change my mind here. I'm flattered that I'm that, that you're giving me that you know you give me an inch but I'm asking for a mile here because I can't I just can't do it I can't commit to that <laughs> I can't sully my pitch like that Reese. Oh well, well you lost a vote so. That's it, Jack's one. Don't even don't even don't even need to hear it. <laughs> I'm voting for Jack. <laughs> right, right, um, and then coming on to you just mentioned him, Jack Graham. What's your pitch? Take us home. What's the final pitch? So I was something that me and Reese both alluded to at the start. We weren't big fans of episode one, and for me, I said I liked one aspect of it, and I didn't like the other. The one aspect I liked was Bucky's story for after post snap, how how he's trying to like parents, so to speak, kind of right not right the wrongs, but kind of go to everyone that he did wrong and just kind of apologise for the actions that he did as a Winter Soldier. I really like that story and the kind of PTSD he was dealing with and how he was getting counselling sessions, etc. I was not a big fan of the Sam story that we were told. It was all of a sudden we were just kind of given a reason that like, not that they weren't paid to be like Falcon and whatever, but there was like, oh, like, Tony Stark will look after him and now that he's gone, they hadn't, they had nothing type thing and then they were struggling to get a loan from the bank, etc. I didn't really care for that. I felt it was all pretty rushed, and as we said, a lot of the kind of dialogue that was said at that point was pretty corny and cringy, especially at that bank scene. So I didn't really care for the kind of the boat story. Obviously, we got the the payoff for it at the end, but I think I would give it a better payoff by not having that first episode to, to begin with and having an episode dedicated to a story with Sam after the post-snap and an episode dedicated to Bucky post-snap, but both episodes having that same ending of John Walker being the new Captain America, so the, the, the third episode just carries on the series as normal, so we eventually get to that point. I feel that they both did deserve an episode each to kind of tell their story for, for life after, Steve Rogers' life after, the, the, the snap, etc., of how how they go about everything. Maybe if, they, if Sam was given that full episode... Maybe I would have enjoyed his backstory a bit more and cared more for the boat, etc. And I would have loved Bucky's story even more because we could have seen that connection with the the old man and where he was staying and whatnot and the a, a, a relationship that could have been, etc. So I think an episode for each of Sam and Bucky and then continue the series as normal. That's my pitch. Nice. 
Excellent, Jack, excellent. Um, Stuart, do you have any questions for Jack? Uh, I like where, I like where Jack's head at because I do agree. Uh, whereas I, I like the first episode for showing that I would like I would like more. Like I feel like they kind of gave you the bare bones of like what each character's up against. You've you've obviously got Sam dealing with uh, the family life and he's he's not currently an Avenger. He's got the the weight of not being Captain America, and you've got Bucky trying to adapt to a life. I I I would like to have seen more of that because I feel like we kind of go straight into them working together. I just don't know if the show needed. I don't think it needed even like one episode more of that. I feel like if that were to happen, I feel like people would be saying, you know, the show's still slow to to start up to get where we need to be. Because I think this this show definitely needs more episodes, and I'd be happy if it got two. But the problems with the show, we've all said, are the likes of the Flag Smasher storyline and, you know, perhaps other things. I, I don't know if those aspects necessarily need more time than other aspects of the show. I do like it, because, and I'd be happy with it, but I just don't know if two episodes devoted to each. I don't know. I think that'd just be too much. But yeah, it was a really good pitch. I think I think for me, I've always kind of tried to do it as like a try and change one thing. And I know there's been a lot of times in the MCU that like villains have only been there for for one for one film, and that was it. So it's kind of like right, they're kind of there to serve their purpose, and they've done that. And I feel that these are these are the two main characters, and I was just really annoyed at how one character got such a good story. And the other didn't. As I said, Bucky being getting a good story, Sam not getting the not as good. Not that it's not a good story, but I didn't feel it was a lot of like interesting, good development of that. So I just wanted to kind of harness in on that and allow that to happen. I agree. It's really it's really Sam's show, and that's not a bad thing. But when your when your show's called The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, you really I do agree with you. There's there's so much more Bucky stuff they could have told, and I don't know if it's necessarily. I don't know if it's because all of Bucky's scenes usually have like Zemo in them or uh, the Dora Milaje in them, and they're kind of scene stealers. But definitely Bucky needed more. I mean, like I said, they they completely gloss over the uh, the the closure that he was going to get at the end of the the show. And there's so much more you could do with like he's what he's he's because he says to that therapist, you know, I don't, you know, I just want peace. I I don't. And the therapist's like, no, you don't. So like Bucky doesn't even know what he wants. So yeah, I'd I'd agree with you on that. I'd concede that Bucky definitely needed more development. Reese, you got any questions for Jack? Yeah, nice and quick for me, Jack. Uh, big fan of it. I agree with both of you. I think Bucky's first of all, I think Bucky's story is really good, and I want to see more of it. So I would be happy for him to get at least one episode based just on him. But uh, and this is the deal breaker for me. Um, so I'm going to push this question the Falcon episode, are you going to keep the exact same story of the the, the mortgage and all that or are you going to, is it going to be a different story? I'm going to keep the story but I'm not going to have the, the, the cringe fest in the bank I'd maybe make that more of a serious tone I wouldn't have the kind of banker playing oh, oh you're Falcon, let's get a picture oh sorry I need to reject your loan that you need to get though I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it like that. I'd kind of maybe keep it more of a kind of serious tone. Not that he doesn't care that he's Falcon, but he's like kind of 
doing your job and he explains why he can't get the loan, etc. I don't I don't I just don't want that story to be too cringy. So I'd maybe keep the same that there's the family struggling and they're debating whether to sell the boat or not. But that that bank scene I would maybe not as have not wouldn't be as cringy. Okay, thank you. Well, that's brilliant. So all the pitches are in, guys, you know what to do. Please message me your votes. Um while we're here, anything we want to talk about we want to talk about what's coming up next. What's coming up next, Jack? Uh, it's <laughs> it's a good question. Let me get off my messenger. It's a Harry Potter. <laughs> it's, it is. It's a Harry well, Potter one. <laughs> the best Harry Potter movie, and it's Stuart that's hosting. That's right. Uh, Fifty points to Gryffindor with Jack for getting it right. It's Harry Potter. Which the best? What is the best? Shut up, uh, Jake Paul Slytherin House. Um, you know, it's, uh, yes, it's the best Harry Potter film. The guys are going to try and convince themselves but mainly me on what the <laughs> what the best harry potter film is and what will it be you know will it be the first one will it be the two films split into one will it be fantastic beasts <laughs> what back two to you right um so you've all got that to look forward to in two weeks' time. And remember to keep an eye out for updates on that at underscore the big picture on Twitter and Instagram. But we have a winner. It's not going to a draw, um, as has been a recent theme. What? I thought I was for sure thought that at least, you know, well, maybe I must have just won the Nana. You know, I don't think it goes without saying that the person with no votes is Reese? <laughs> what? <laughs> and with <laughs> person with one vote, we have Jack, and finally Stuart with two votes with his pitch for an extra episode with Johnny Walker, Johnny Black Label Walker, and um, Carly Morgenthau. Thanks a lot for that, Reese. I've been making that joke to Stefan every episode. He's not laughed once. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh. In fact, so Stuart, you are this week's big picture champion. Stuart, how do you feel? I'm actually very shocked because I was like, Jack's won it because Reese isn't going to vote for me. Um, oh yeah, th- uh, great pitches, uh, great pitches by me and Jack. Not a great pitch by Reese. Um, Reese is yet, Reese is yet another reason to hate Jake Paul. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps I have a reason to like him now. No, I still don't. But thank you. Yeah, great pictures, everybody. And thank you for a great episode, Adam. Oh, thanks, thanks. And with that, I will see us out. Thanks, Jack, for joining us. Thanks for a good pitch. Unlucky to come in second. Uh, thank you. But I will say that uh, we did not speak enough about Zemo and the Dora Malaji. So uh, shame on you, but a good episode. Uh, right, Jack, you go. you got 20 seconds. Uh, Zemo, great. Doro Laje, fantastic. We need more Zemo dance in the club. Love Everton doing Madripoor. I love the story about getting Zemo. And that's how we got time for, right? Uh, uh, get on the Adam, your shit. Breeze, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, unlucky. I, I can't work out how you ended up with zero votes, but there you go. It's a travesty, honestly. Well, maybe when I pitch next week that. Um, Jake Paul should be Dumbledore. Maybe that'll get some votes. <laughs> you could have said Malfoy. <laughs> no, Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, we all look forward to that next week. Thanks for joining us, everyone. See you later.